Hi, I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. In this episode, the topic is anxiety. So for me, anxiety and stress, they are different names for the same thing. But I don't consider the anxiety I have to be the same as the stress I face. Stress is at work, I don't consider to be anxiety. The anxiety I face in private life, I don't consider to be stress. And here's why. Because I'm often seen by other people as a very confident person. Um, and, you know, and the fact that I've even sat down to decide to make this podcast suggests that I have a level of confidence in what, in what I'm saying. That doesn't mean that I'm not nervous about he- how each one of these podcasts is going to be received. This, as soon as you open your heart and open your soul um, with your creativity, I mean, you, you're exposing everything about yourself. You're essentially stripping yourself down to be naked, to be open to criticism from others. And then it's about how hard you can be on yourself to not listen to those critical voices. But I mean, an example, a, a really banal example of um, where my anxiety really comes to the fore is um, when, for example, I'm driving out or whatever and someone suggests going to a drive through When I'm the driver and someone in the car suggests going to a drive through my immediate reaction is, no, we're not doing a drive through because I get anxious about the fact that I know the other people in the car won't know what they want to order and then the person on the other side of the of the microphone um, who's asking me what I would like to order, I place my order straight away because I'm kind of, oh, we're going to Burger King? Yeah, I know what I want. We're going to McDonald's? I know what I want. We're going to KFC? I know what I want. But then the other people in the car will be like, oh, have they got... Can you ask them if they've got... And then it suddenly falls to me to be the one to lead the conversation with the person on the microphone. Yeah, have you got such and such? Have you got this? Can we possibly have? And then the bit that makes me more anxious is quite often the person in the car will want to have something different. So they'll say, oh yeah, can I have the, the Whopper meal, but can I, instead of having onion on it, can, I, can you take the onion off, or I don't want the sauce, or can you change the fries and all that stuff? And I just think, no, no, that's too much for me. I can't, no, I just, in that moment, I can't cope. I can't cope with somebody being different to what, you know, it, it says on the menu, Whopper meal. That's what it comes with. Your only choices are whether you want the Whopper meal or not, and if you do want the Whopper meal, what flavour drink do you want with it? That's your choices. If you start going, I don't want the lettuce on there, and can you hold the tomato and all that stuff, you just, no. You are going to go inside and you're going to order that over the counter yourself because you're putting me under stress and pressure and making me anxious because you don't know what you want and you're being awkward at the ordering point. That's a most banal example of why I don't use drive throughs because I can't cope with other people causing problems to other people. I mean, another example is whenever I'm, I mean, for instance, today I'm about to go and catch a train and in order for me to catch that train, I need my wife to give me a lift into the train station in the car. Fine. But I hate the fact that I'm having to burden her with something. Because if I can't make my own way to the train station in time, then I feel really bad that I'm leaning on somebody else. So that's kind of, you know, I, I get that sort of issue. But then the problem is, I know that I need to be on time for my appointment. I always need to be at an appointment in general on time by at least 10 minutes. I need to be there 10 minutes early. And you'll probably notice I said on time by at least 10 minutes. So to me, when the appointment is at 9am, the appointment is actually at 850 because that's when I need to be there. And my wife is really bad with her timings. This isn't, this isn't a podcast that's designed to pick her faults. 
That's not what it's about. It's just about how I'm different to other people and I can only pick examples of the people I know. And with my wife, she's often late for things and she knows she's late for things and there's nothing she can do about it because she works and functions best at the time of high pressure, tight deadlines. She'd be brilliant in, in journalism, for instance. But for her, if I say to her, the train is leaving at, at nine o'clock in the morning, she thinks we have to be there at nine. So I have to reprogram her brain after 23 years of living with her. I have to reprogram her, reprogram her brain to say the train is leaving at 8.45. Because then I know I will get there for 8.45. But that's just all appointments in my life. For instance, when I go to the cinema, if I've got tickets booked for the cinema, I always have to be there early, despite having booked my seats and knowing exactly which row and seat number I'm in. I don't know what that is. I don't know why I feel anxious about being to somewhere on time. There's a level of kind of like um, disappointment, I think, that flows through that, in that I don't want to disappoint the person I'm meeting. So if I've got an appointment and the appointment's 9am and I'm there at five past, that person's had to sit around and wait for me to arrive. That's a disappointment. I've burdened them by making them wait for me. That's the sort of thing I can't cope with. I wondered whether it was something to do with, while I was sort of making notes for this episode, I wondered whether it was possible I was, I had a, a, I was suffering from FOMO, which is fear of missing out. But I don't think it is. I, I genuinely think it's because I don't want that person to think badly of me because I can't be there on time. So in 2020, the lockdown happened and I was forced to work from home for the first time since I'd started my job. I, I started my job in 2013. So as you can imagine, for seven years, it's been the daily slog, the daily grind, um, getting to work and coming home and then suddenly I was working from home um, to the point where I'm really so comfortable at work and so happy in the way I work that I don't wish to return to the office because as it turned out one of the things I learned about myself during lockdown is that I am a slave to the clock that's where my anxiety comes from so in the mornings I have my I used to have my alarm set at 6:40 a.m. and I would get up and I'd do my ablutions in the bathroom and whatever come back out get dressed ready for work go downstairs and I would already have everything ready for me to just grab my bag and go to work because everything was done the night before. I would make my food for work, I'd make my breakfast for work, uh, I'd make a water bottle for me to drink from all the night before and I'd have them all in my bag ready to just pick up, throw in the car and drive to work. And on the way out from the, of the house where the car keys hang is also where my lanyard hangs for work. So it's kind of lanyard on, car keys on, shoes on, out the door, bosh, in the car, gone. Okay. Uh, and then I'd be on the motorway and I'd be shouting at people in the, you know, not aggressive driving because I'm not a road rager but I do get annoyed with people sitting in the middle lane for example in the motorway and you're like you're not overtaking anybody and um, those sorts of things and I didn't realize that this was something that was a feature of my driving until um, after lockdown and I'd been home for a lot of time a lot of months and I needed to go in the office to pick some stuff up and as I was driving there I, was, I, I found I was shouting in the car I was like gosh I don't remember being like this and it turned out in my mind I realized it's because I was anxious about being on time but this was work I've got flexible hours flexible working hours I don't need to be there until 9:30 but if I don't turn up before 9:30 I might not get a car park space so there's that anxiety of will I get a space won't I get a space it's a 30 minute drive from my house to my old office and in that drive the whole time I'm thinking I hope I get a space I hope I get a space I hope I get a space that's a stress and anxiety that you just don't need you're trying to get to work you're trying to relax trying to calm down stress will happen at work no matter what and that's why I differentiate stress from anxiety for me anxiety is oh my god I've got to do this whereas stress is kind of like oh that person needs something from me they need it done by this deadline that's work stress and I can separate those two out 
And I know that lockdown wasn't great for everybody and um, my story does seem potentially positive in that respect in that I learned a lot about myself in terms of my, my uh, sort of slavishness to the clock. Um, but the problem is, is that since then, I've now got to a position where, for example, today I'm about to get on a train and I'm going to go to an airport, I'm going to get on the airport, I'm going to fly across. I know today is going to be filled with anxiety because I want to be there on time, I want to get that sorted on time, I want to make sure this isn't a problem, I want to have time for this and time for that and time for the other, and I just know that my stress levels are going to start to climb a little bit, and I'm, I'm trying to manage that. And given the fact that I'm not facing these kind of anxieties and stresses all day long every day anymore, I'm, it's going to be a problem. So... Like I said, work stresses and private anxieties I do think are separate and I think it's possibly helpful to look at them that way as well, not to consider things outside the office or outside the workplace as being stress, but to view them as being anxiety because if they're anxiety, you can take different steps towards them, whereas at work... You don't if you don't produce and you don't you know perform then you know that can affect your pay and it can affect how you feel about work and affect how others feel about you so there's there's definite pressures there but I wouldn't say that the anxiety I feel at, at home is the same as any anxiety I could feel at work because I don't think they're the same but the thing with it is is uh, I'm okay with tight work pressures you know when someone says to me oh, I've got a tight deadline for this or this somebody needs this in three hours or whatever fine but when suddenly four things come at once that's when I feel genuine stress and I feel that, oh gosh, which, how am I going to do this? Who am I going to juggle first? And what tends to happen is, I mean, as I've just said, today's the day I'm going to be traveling out. Um, so I'm recording this on a Monday and on the Friday, just gone. That's the day when suddenly everybody crawls out of the woodwork and remembers that you're going on leave and they want to suddenly have that thing from you that they've forgotten about for four weeks. And so that Friday before going on leave, I find is often the most stressful Friday I ever have at work. Um, which is why I try not to book too much annual leave because when I do, I find that that Friday is awful. Something else that makes me anxious, um, and I believe a lot of young people can sort of relate to that, is making phone calls. Um, I was equally anxious making phone calls at home on a landline as I was at work on a landline as I am at, at home or anywhere on my mobile. When I have to call somebody that isn't family or friend, I find that quite stressful and I, I don't understand why because I'm... As you can see, I'm quite good at talking. I'm quite talkative. I'm quite able to think of my feet as well. I don't tend to have problems with that. But it's just a case of, for some reason, that piece of apparatus, when I need to use it to call somebody else, just makes me all of a muddle and I can't figure it out. And the worst part is, is that sometimes that makes my anxiety um, turn into anger, which isn't very good and I can feel it boiling under me. And sometimes I put the phone down and I'm physically shaking. You know, my hands are shaking, my, my fingers won't stop shaking, and I just think, it was a phone call. It was a phone call. Just relax. Just take, just, you know, step back. Get over yourself. But also, while I've been making these podcasts, I realized that a lot of them just end with me reconfessing that I suffer from the issue that is the episode's content. But I thought, I'm not actually giving any tips or suggestions as to how to improve on these situations so I made I made a conscious effort today I knew I was going to be talking about anxiety because I've made some uh, episode notes and and I thought you know what I want to end this podcast with a positive outlook and um, and the first notes that I made on my positive outlook towards anxiety is just that I need to be happy and accept that's how I am my anxiety doesn't define me but it does maybe help other people understand. I mean, one of my friends is very laissez-faire about things like catching trains. Um, you know, we had an appointment to be somewhere at 7 p.m. one day, and he just said, oh, we'll just turn up to the train station, catch a train that gets us there in time, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, I can't do that. 
I can't do that because I know that I'm going to miss the thing at 7 o'clock. It's not fear of missing out, it's just a fear of not being on time and being thought of poorly by others. So that's possibly where my anxiety comes from. I'm just scared that someone's going to think I'm not a very nice person for being late because that's how I view lateness. So I found some tips on anxiety um, and how to manage it and I'd like to share those with you now. So tip number one is to take a time out. Yeah, absolutely. Step back from the problem and just relax. But then he goes on to stuff that I think is kind of like, yeah, that's a bit more tricky. So it says, take a time out. Perfect. Every time, just take a step back and just kind of, <sighs> cool. Right? But then it says, eat well-balanced meals. It's not going to help me when I'm on the phone at that particular point. Uh, it says, limit alcohol and caffeine, which can aggravate and trigger uh, aggravate anxiety and trigger panic attacks. Again, not going to help me if I've already had a coffee 20 minutes ago and now need to make a call. Um, get enough sleep. Yep, fair enough. Exercise daily to help you feel good and maintain your health. Now, I'm not doing daily exercise at the minute, but I am doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going for a 5k walk in the mornings. That does help. That does wake me up. So I do agree with that. Take deep breaths. Yeah, okay. Doesn't say for how long, but, you know, take deep breaths. Count to 10 slowly. Yeah, very good. Count to 10 slowly before you're about to make a call. Yeah, I can see that. That's a good thing. And finally, do your best. Now, the problem is I'm such a cynic with a lot of these things that I find it um, interesting that, you know, that's the final step is to just do your best because that's, again, that's all about acceptance, to understand that you are doing your best. Now, when I first read that, I was like, oh, my God, that, what a joke. And as I've just been talking through these uh, issues with anxiety, I thought, you know what? Doing your best is, is the key. That is today's takeaway. So, I'm Leon Deggs. I have anxiety, but I'm doing my best. Thank you for listening. If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast, please reach out to someone for help and support. Man Blues is not qualified to help, but we can listen. Listen.